This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. Welcome to the Undercaffeinated Podcast, a weekly podcast for educators who don't have time to listen to a podcast, kind of like us. Each week we'll cover a different topic in education in just about five to ten minutes. Our goal is to share bite-sized chunks of professional development so you can join us, whether you're driving your kids around, preparing dinner, making copies during prep, or really doing just about anything. This is PD for real teachers who are real tired, coming to you from Nevada, Colorado, and Florida. Welcome to the Uncaffeinated Podcast. Uh, today we are going to be diving into the world of virtual field trips, which is perfect because I am a virtual school teacher. So (laughs) when we think of virtual field trips, we kind of want to think about what they are and what they can kind of bring to our class. Um, this using these virtual field trips can bring a whole nother world into our classes and it would be some something that our students wouldn't really be able to experience because we don't all have the opportunity to travel across the country or to other countries with them. Um, So we're going to kind of dive in and see how we can immerse ourselves and our students into other cultures um, and other places, but from the comforts of our own classroom and not having to get um, upwards of 30 students on an airplane, which would be kind (laughs) of challenging. So unless you're Ron Clark, (laughs) right? I know they, they have been taking some pretty cool trips lately. Um, so Erin, tell us some places that you go when we're looking for virtual field trips. Well, you know, I, um, so, uh, I was thinking about it and I think my favorite, uh, favorite virtual field trip was I actually was it was my first year at the school that we all worked together and I was working with Dr. Hatfield and her students were going to be studying ancient Greece. Right. And so we decided that, um, we wanted the students to be exposed to like current Greece so that they could see what ancient Greece now looks like before they got into ancient Greece. So, um, what we did is, we created a, like a more project-based learning activity. So it, it was more like it was math, it was history, it was geography, everything like that. So we brought in like Google earth. And what I did was I found four or five um, travel agents that had like virtual tours of different places in Greece just on their website as a way to like entice you to use that company mm, you know and then it broke that's down creative like, right and so it broke down like you know we, we I, I had them go on to you know Expedia or whatever to like book like 
spots and hotels and everything like that. So it became like a math lesson of like, okay, if you're going to plan a vacation to Greece, here's your budget. Where are you going to stay? How are you going to get there? How are you going to get around? Which locations do you want to check out? Um, And then they were able to learn about what those places used to look like and what they used to be used for. And I just, I thought that, that, um, that collaborative piece um, where we brought in so many different subjects was just so much fun. And they were sixth graders and they were really, really active, really involved. It took us a, it took us a good couple of weeks seeing them like what once or twice a week. But that, technology that is, that is a true project-based learning activity, like real world planning a trip, going to another country, booking a hotel, like you're, that is a right. really cool experience. It was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. And I think a lot of them <laughs> were quite shocked at how much, how much it cost. Money things cost and how sure. little money they actually have. Right. So funny, that- funny story about that, um, because, and this has nothing to do with our virtual field trips, but um, <laughs> every year when teaching decimals, I always do some sort of like restaurant thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, having the kids kind of map out, I'm going to be doing it um, here shortly in a couple of weeks because we're working on decimals right now. But um, having the kids like plan out their, uh, menu of what they're going to eat from a restaurant yeah. for for them and one other person. And it was so funny. I did it in fourth grade uh, a couple years ago. And to see the kids go, wait a minute, this is really expensive. <laughs> um, yes, it is. Now tell your parents, thank you when they take you out to dinner. Right. It's true. <laughs> But I think like without those types of learning experiences, how else do kids get that like frame of reference? Yeah. You know, yeah. like I, th- I think both of those are really powerful. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that agree. and I wouldn't even think, Erin, um, to, to look at some of the travel um, companies to see their tours. That's such a good idea. Yeah, it was. You could probably incorporate that. Sorry, Erin. No, no. Um, actually, you could probably incorporate that a little bit with Erin's travel planning. Like, you could have the kids, you know, take them on a virtual field trip to a different city. Yeah. In, and then from there, they would have to pick their favorite restaurant and plan their meal based upon a budget <laughs> on, on the website. I love this. You're helping me plan out my next few weeks of lesson plans, guys. <laughs> Yay. So Joelle, you are kind of um, what I would like to call the queen of virtual field trips because when we work together, I feel like you were doing a virtual field trip quite often. So what are some of the places that, because I think you, you are probably the person that initially got me into the virtual field trip. So tell me some of the places that you have taken your students to. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's super fun because it's a way to take kids around the world without like leaving your classroom. And when um, we started there, I, I did, you know, a decent amount of them. And what I would always do is, in, you know, while the kids were immersed in it, send out a remind text or send out an email or a tweet to the parents so they would get that push notification on their phone and, um, you know, just say something along the lines of, you know, we, you know, I've taken the kids, 
you know, we've left Las Vegas. I'm going to work really <laughs> hard to get back by dismissal. And I had so much positive feedback from parents who said they're sitting in a meeting, they're at work, their phone's next to them, and there would be like this message about where their kids were pretending to be. And they were like, it was great because it was such a wonderful way to connect with my child after school. Um, That's super fun. So, you know, certainly starting off with like Google Maps or Google Earth. Yes. um, Standing at the base of Chichen Itza is really powerful, you know, because how many of my students will really have an opportunity to go um, and to provide that for them is great. And then standing outside of St. Basil's Cathedral when we were learning about feudal Russia. And, oh my gosh, you it, what's even, you know, the kids will always figure out something fantastic. And so taking that, you know, that little man, for lack of a better way to describe him, and the children would discover, like, on a lot of these places, you can just put that man to the door and all of a sudden you're inside. And it's not something that I would have taken the time at home to figure out, like, can I go inside this building? But the children would. And then just that, like, explosion of enthusiasm for learning was just so fantastic. Look at what a and tiny a real... little tech tool will, will do to that... expand right. their their minds with this new content. Right. And maybe somebody on social media can correct me instead of calling him the little man. Cause I don't know. It's that little yellow guy. I don't know what he's called. I bet he has a name. Oh my gosh. We need Matt Miller and Casey Bell. Right. What, They're going to be like, well, come on. What is his name? It's not little yellow man. You know, it's, it probably has a, an official name. I don't know what it is. Um, and then there's just another really great resource. It's called learn around the world. And it's a gentleman and he has done um, a lot of travel and he's incorporated it into virtual field trips that you can sign up for. And so in the past, I've done um, one on Mayan temples where we've gone to Tulum and Tikal. Um, We've done some for uh, President Lincoln's birthday and gone to where he grew up, the National Historic Site. And just, again, giving kids that opportunity where you can take them, you know, you're speaking to a park ranger. It's really fantastic and super easy to do. Really, you just need a web connection and a webcam, and that's it. Oh, awesome. And then, Ashley, so what are ways that you do this in the virtual world? (laughs) Yeah, so um, one of the things is I get to do it in my PJs. You know, no. Uh, virtual field trips, uh, shockingly, don't happen too, too often uh, because we do, at, at least in my school, um, we do try to get uh, together with the kids about once a month um, and go on a physical field trip somewhere. And we have different locations um, all throughout the school that I work in is in Colorado. So, um it's all on the same day and everybody has a different field trip in different areas depending on where they live. So it's kind of cool. But for the select students that do not live close to one of those um, areas, they live in more remote areas, they get to come on virtual field trips with me. And so um, a group of teachers that also live out of state and are in remote areas, we get to, we alternate who kind of plans those. So um, my most recent uh, field trip that I planned was actually um, 
kind of more of a learning experience than a field trip, I would say, but we kind of learned a little bit more about pandas and that inspiration probably came from my daughter, um, just because we have a lot of panda (laughs) stuff everywhere. Um, and so I was like, what, what can I do? Oh, I'll do pandas. She's super into it. Uh, so we did this whole like thing, learning about pandas, a KWL chart. We read a book and then we ended up going, um, to, a zoo in DC. We went to the Smithsonian um, National Zoo and they have live uh, panda webcams there. So they had two cameras. And so it was cool. It was after we kind of learned all this stuff and we had some, you know, p- fun panda themed activities. Um, but they got to take this link and go and look at the cameras and we got to talk about everything that we were seeing. So it was almost like we were together, but we weren't. Um, and we got to see all of this together and the kids just had their microphones on and they were talking all about it. So it was definitely super exciting. Um, and it's something that I could, you know, I, I used it with, uh, our blended group of students. So it wasn't necessarily my homeroom fifth grade students, but it's something that I very easily could do for, you know, our class building field trip or, you know, bring it back in and incorporate it because who doesn't love pandas? Right. And just think about like in terms of like literacy instruction and, you know, when you're working with um, kids and, you know, for me, like working in a title one school where kids don't have those prior, that prior knowledge and their schema bucket is just empty. Mm -hmm. You know, this is just a great way to build that prior knowledge for the kids so that when they do encounter some of these experiences in a reading passage, then they can make a pretty cool text-to-self or text-to-world connection, and it'll help them understand their reading. Absolutely. And now I'm thinking about Erin's um, project yeah. that she was doing, and now I, I want to take this project and extend it and have my students plan a trip from Colorado to Washington, D.C. to go to this museum. So Perfect. I might, I might be taking Oh, my God. You might have just helped me come up with another decimal activity to do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And honestly, it's a life skill. It is. It (laughs) It really is. Because we all need to travel, right? Right. (laughs) I know I do. (laughs) Joelle, you definitely do. Well, this was super fun um, to kind of go through some of these (laughs) virtual field trip activities. And so we want to know for all of our friends on social media, we want to know if you've created a virtual Mm -hmm. field trip. Where have you gone with your students? Um, Let us know all of your creativity so that way we can we can take your ideas and use them we can there there are and if you if you need some inspiration or you have questions there are a number of um, resources including like matt miller there's some live cams. There's the Smithsonian Natural History Museum. We've got a lot of links. And we just want to thank everyone for joining so sure us to check those out. today. If you like what you heard and you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would so appreciate it. And it would help other educators to find us too. And remember that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at undercaffeinated. And we cannot wait to hear from you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.